Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. The Christian Girl's Guide to Modern Dating. Our goal is to help women date with confidence while honoring the Lord and equip them to start more conversations about dating in their local church. We want to show you that your identity and contentment are in Christ and dispel the lie that either are somehow tied to your marital status. And we want to give you the tools that you need, both theologically and practically, to date successfully and in turn be set up well for success in a godly marriage. Have you ever felt like you don't really belong with any of the extremes in dating today? You're not alone. Neither did we. So that's why we're here looking for the middle. And welcome to our final installment of our What's the Point of Dating Anyway series. Wow, I can't believe we're here. I know. It's been a fun series. Like, I've learned a lot from this. I'm like, oh man, I need to check myself. Yes, this has been (laughs) quite the challenging and encouraging series all at the same time, which is a good pair, I think, to have in anything. So, before we jump into talking about selflessness, I just want to remind you guys of our free resource that we're offering to all our listeners. We call it the Online Dating Investigation Guide. However, don't let the title deter you from thinking that you can't use it if you're not online dating. Basically, we wanted to give you a resource that would provide you with questions to ask as you're getting to know somebody, as you're starting out in a relationship, as you're going on a first date or you're texting initially, and you're trying to figure out more about the person to see if y'all are a good match. So we put together this PDF that has all these questions that can help you do that. So if you would like to download your free copy today, you can go to our website, lookingforthemiddle.com slash resources. And there is a little form at the bottom where you just put in your email address, hit submit, and we will email you the copy of the online dating investigation guide. Again, that is lookingforthemiddle.com slash resources. So wonderful. Go check that out today. Yes. And our last thing we're going to do before we jump into today's episode is Bethany is going to ask the question of the day. Okay. Are you ready for this? I am as ready as I'll ever be. (laughs) Okay. What are three things you never leave the house without? Ooh, great question. Number one, I'm going to be, I was going to be snarky and say my keys, but (laughs) I won't do that. Um, I always have headphones. Or okay. AirPods now, because I got some for Christmas, and they've been the greatest things ever. If you don't have them, you should get them. So my AirPods, I always have a journal or a notebook of some kind, just because you never know when you're going to want a journal. <laughs> Speaking from the writer in me, that's what I always bring with me. And then, I'm assuming I can't say my phone. Yeah, I don't no, say your phone. phone or keys. Um, some sort of lip product. Because typically what I do is I put on all my makeup except my lipstick, lip gloss, whatever, because I drink my coffee on my way to work and I don't want it all over my coffee cup. So I will drink my coffee and then I'll put my lipstick on right before I go into the office. Okay. That's a good one. Those are my three. What are yours? Mine? My first one would probably be a ponytail holder. Oh, good answer. You just never know what the weather's going to do and then what your hair's going to need to do. So. As people saw on our Instagram stories a few weeks ago when exactly. you tried to buy bronzer in the rain. Right. So that's one. Um, maybe I should have thought this through before I asked it. Uh, my planner goes with me just about everywhere. And I was going to say headphones too, but that's like copycat. Well, you can so, say it though. Your other two were different. Okay. Yeah. My headphones. Mm-hmm. I 
always, I don't know why, even if I'm driving, I don't always, but I'll put them in when I talk on the phone sometimes now because my Bluetooth's just not super great in my car. So you never know. Yeah. It's like a little emergency kit. Perfect. Yeah, that's, that's my top three. Okay, great. You want to lead us into our... Our final point. Okay, guys, we have talked about the point of dating for over a month now. So if you still don't know what the point of dating is, we have sorely failed. (laughs) (laughs) Because we have literally talked for hours about this now. But this last one is one that should definitely not be skipped over. We are going to talk about selflessness and service and how that ties into dating and then eventually marriage. And I want to read... A couple of verses from Mark that were kind of our launching point for this episode. So Mark 1042 to 45 is what I'm about to read real quick. It says, Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So that's what we're going with here. You know, we talk a lot about how there's not anything in Scripture about dating. And so if you try to go to Scripture and find the point of dating by looking up dating, you're going to struggle (laughs) because it's not there. But we say so many times, but the Bible says so much about relationships and what those look like. And it's not always in the context of marriage. It's just relating to other Christians and to other people in general. And this is one of those places. This is nothing about marriage. This is just how to relate to people. And so there's a couple of things we've pulled from this, and then we will talk about how it relates to dating towards the end. So the first thing to keep in mind is that selflessness and service are countercultural. And I think you kind of just all know you know this just by being in our culture. But in verse 43, after Jesus has just talked about the Gentiles and he's saying, he says, not so with you. He's saying the way they do things is not how you do things. So he's telling them you're going to be different. And so we see this very countercultural thing in our culture today as well. Yeah, because we live in a me first world. I mean, if you think about the way we drive, the way we wait for and order our food, the way we act on social media. I mean, when was the last time you saw somebody with a social media account and all they did was post about other people? Yeah. No, no one does that. You post about yourself and you post pretty filtered, edited pictures of yourself (laughs) because this account is about you. Yeah. And this is just so different when you see anything that counters that because it's just not the way our world functions. Yeah. One cool exception to this, I don't know how many of you guys, I bet a lot of you who are listening have been on here, but around Valentine's Day, Kelly's Corner blog does a singles event where she basically takes information from mostly Christian singles around the country and she posts it on this Instagram basically for people to go look and start talking and maybe find someone to date and she used to do this on her blog now she does it on Instagram I think she's had like 16 couples get married or at least engaged from doing this over the years so it kind of has been a big deal so Kristen and I have been trolling this Instagram 
over the past couple of weeks because like it's fun one but two the funny thing is that the girls who have submitted their information outnumber the guys at least 10 to 1 I would say probably more like 15 or even 20 to 1 yeah and so when these guys get posted it is like a feeding frenzy (laughs) And these girls are going crazy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've messaged a couple of them myself. Let's be real. But it's just so funny. And so, well, one, guys, if you're listening, go check I know it it's been a little while, but go check out the Instagram because I guarantee you there are plenty of girls who are still up for grabs. But the cool thing was, as we were like looking through it, is talk about a hotbed for cattiness and comparison and all this stuff. But you didn't see that. You saw these women supporting the other women and saying things like, I love your shoes. Your hair is awesome. Way to go for going to law school. Like all this really great stuff. And it was so cool to see. Yeah. Or even girls that were tagging their friends in comments on a guy's picture. Like, oh my gosh, such and such. You need to talk yeah. to me or whatever. It wasn't this typical, oh, everybody get out of my way while I try to like secure the sky. <laughs> yeah. It was the total opposite. And this stood out, not only to us, but even Kelly was storying about it. Yeah. She was like, I love seeing these girls supporting girls. And it stands out because it's different. And this exactly. isn't normal for a particularly in dating or, or yeah, in you're like flirting taking your claim yeah every woman for herself <laughs> is typically the mentality we have and that wasn't the case here and so it was just so blatantly obvious yeah because you weren't expecting it yeah and it's really cool to see um okay so that was just kind of an aside yes <laughs> but we all we kind of talked about this in a couch cast a couple weeks ago too that building community is not solely for selfish reasons. And that's, we were talking about in the context of building community within your church. And, but building community within your relationship with that person that you're dating and then eventually are married to, those are not relationships that you should just want to take or see what you can get out of. You are focused on giving and serving that other person. And then anything you get out of it is just icing on the cake really like you should be so focused on serving them that you're not really as concerned about that but that is not what you hear in our culture you know especially as girls you're like oh girl you look out for yourself you do what you gotta do and that or even you find a man that will take care of you and do this for you and this for you treat you you like a queen yes yeah which if he does Wonderful. And I'm not saying he should treat you poorly. Right. But the point is not for you to go in and let this be all about me. How wonderful this will make me feel. And how he's going to treat me like I am the greatest woman on earth. And and I deserve I deserve all of it. And that is it. No. You should be wanting to serve and love him. And that be your focus. And then when he serves and loves you in return, that's what's going to make the relationship work. Right. I mean, going back to our verses, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. We're talking about Jesus here. And if you want to talk about someone who deserved to have his every whim waited on, it was him. But what did he do? He served. So how much more should that be our motivation as well? Absolutely. That kind of leads into our second point here is not only our selflessness and service 
countercultural, but they're counterintuitive. You know, Jesus was perfect. And so he perfectly manifested what it looked like to be selfless and to serve people. We are not wired that way because of our sinful nature and because of our flesh. And so it's not our instinct to put others before ourselves. We default to that, oh, I want my way and I want what's mine first and I want people to know about me and I, 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 I. And that's what we default to. But that's not what we are called to do or how we are called to act or interact. No, and... In, our, in the passage we were reading, verse 43, it says, whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. That is not how our brains typically work. That's very like, wait, what? I'm supposed to do what exactly now? I must have heard you wrong. Like, that's just not with our sinful, fallen human nature. That's not what we default to. And so going back to talking about sanctification, it is a process of becoming more and more like Christ so that more and more you're immediate thoughts are to serve and to be selfless and to not think about yourself. And then within that too, you need to continually be examining your own motives and make sure that your selflessness is not from this manipulative place of trying to get something out of it, which I feel like that's obvious, but it needs to be said too. True selflessness is not looking to get something back at all. No, you don't do for others. So they'll do for you. You have the posture that you want to serve someone else without the expectation of anything in return. And this is exactly what Jesus modeled for us. Cause not only he died for us and it wasn't with the thought of, Oh, they could do this for me, but they just didn't No, There was nothing we could do to repay him for everything that he did and everything that he sacrificed and the way he loved us. And yet he did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And we, as followers of Christ should have that same heart attitude and that, you know what? It doesn't matter if this guy will do anything for me in return if I do this for him. You know, I'm not going to get his car washed so that he will buy me dinner or, you know, (laughs) just random trivial example. But the, the mindset and the motive, like Bethany said, should be, I want to serve him because I love him. Right. And that's it. The end. Exactly. And obviously the goal is you want to be with somebody who has that same mentality, but you should not be trying to manipulate the circumstance so that you get what you want as a result of your service. Yeah. And let me just say one thing. You, you made the point of you serve because you love him. And I would take that a step further and say, not because you feel like you love him. Mm. That's going to fluctuate. You serve regardless regardless of whether he's been nice and you feel like super close regardless of whether or not um he did that thing you asked him to and you feel a certain way especially in marriage you have committed to love and serve this person for the rest of your life you haven't committed to that yet in dating but that is very much a pattern that you would want to set up for your marriage so it's not in any way contingent on a feeling So don't lose sight of that. Yeah, you hear married couples talk about how the longer they're married, love is a choice. Mm -hmm. And I think I've said this on here before. If I could hear anything from a guy in a relationship, particularly the guy I'm going to marry. um, (laughs) But for him to say, like, I choose you. Yeah. Because a choice is a conscious decision 
that it's not a feeling and it's not butterflies and it's not oh, ooey gooey, everything's so perfect right now, so this is great. It's, no, I'm going to choose to be with you even when it's hard. And even when you make me the most frustrated human being on the planet. And even when we're arguing or even when things aren't going the way we thought they would, I'm still going to choose you and I'm still going to love you. And that, to me, is the most dedicated, loyal kind of love. And that's what lasts. It's Christ-like. Yes. Those are the couples who make it long-term. Yeah, I mean, think of his ultimate expression of love was to go to the cross and die. He didn't do that because it felt good. (laughs) And he, even when he was praying to to the Father before, he said, if there is any way to remove this from me, Please do it. But then he said, but not my will, but thine. There, I mean, that is a very conscious, rational decision to make a choice to act out the love that he had. Not because it felt good. And so same thing in your relationship. Every time you are serving and you are choosing to be selfless and do the best thing for your partner... What you're saying is not my will, but thine. You're saying, because you're not doing it ultimately for that person. You're doing it ultimately as obedience to the Father, to God, because he's commanded that of us. And so you're saying, my will would be to snap at him. My will would be to, you know, make him do this himself. My will would be to give him what for, uh, you know, after yeah. the way he talked to me. But no, I'm going to be gentle and kind and loving and serve him even if I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, just as a whole, whether we're in a romantic relationship, a friendship relationship, a parental relationship, whatever it is, we are called to be selfless like Christ in every area of our lives. So then when you take that into a dating context, that means if being selfless is countercultural and counterintuitive, then you're going to be dating in a countercultural and counterintuitive way. Which means it's going to be difficult because people may say you're weird and people may think it's strange. And why would you do that? He doesn't deserve that. And or you, you know, his friends may be telling him, well, she's being a jerk. Why are you doing that? So, you know, going in, it's going to be difficult. So don't be surprised when it is. And you know, it's going to be difficult because you've interacted with people before. It's difficult to be selfless towards your family and your friends. And so why would you expect that to be any different with this guy that you're dating? And you may be the only person you know that dates in this way, but it is good and it is right, so do it anyway. And this is what Philippians 2.4 talks about when Paul was writing this, when he said, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Again, this is a scriptural command of how we should act in any relationship. But if you take this to dating... This is going to serve you really well. Oh, yeah. And I heard someone say one time, like, if you can find a couple that are just, they're just trying to outserve each other, that's going to be like the best thing ever. Yes. Because you're constantly be going, no, you go ahead. No, you yeah. go ahead. No, let's talk about you. No, let's talk about your day. Let me help you with this. No, let me help you with that. And what yes. a cool picture. And it sounds yeah. funny, but at the same time... It's this incredible picture of each of them loving each other like Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's the goal. 
That's the gospel. Exactly. Yeah. And what a beautiful picture you could set, an example you could set for the people who are watching you, for mm-hmm. the single people who are desiring marriage, who, you know, the other married couples who may even be looking at you mm-hmm. for an example, for you to be able to do this and to exemplify Christ in that way could have a really big impact on a lot of people yeah. around you, which is what you are ultimately called to do is to point people towards Christ and to further the kingdom in that way. Yeah, and you he- we've said it and you hear all the time that marriage is a picture of Christ's relationship with the church. And it's like, okay, I get that, but I'm not totally sure. Like, it's kind of a ambiguous, not ambiguous, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a theoretical element to that that makes it a little tough to comprehend, I think. But this is where the rubber meets the road with that. I think this is the clearest picture and the loudest screaming display of what that looks like. People who are serving each other, people who are going out of their way to do what is best out of love for that other person, whether they deserve it or not. Because if you think of what Christ did for the church, he went out of his way to show that he did it when we so didn't deserve it and he did it willingly. So this is where the rubber meets the road with that. So don't take it too lightly. Don't say, oh yeah, we have to be selfless in marriage. Really dig into what that looks like. Um, But then practically, within the context of dating, let's just run through a few things that show what this looks like. Yeah, so some examples are not talking about yourself all the time. And we say this constantly, like, well, duh. But yeah, it's common for you to get into this, oh, let me just talk about me and my day, whatever. No. How was your day? How yeah. are you feeling? Really? How are you doing? <laughs> Not just, hey, how are you? Good, thanks. Whatever. Yeah. You know, asking good, meaningful questions and follow-up questions and really being interested in the interest of others, like Philippians 2.4 says. Being willing to talk about or go do things that aren't your first choice because you know it's important to the person you're with. This is a really big deal, particularly in the beginning stages of dating. This is a great way for you to show selflessness. Or, you know, maybe serving them in some way when they've had a rough day or a rough week. I love the example of, this is my proud older sister (laughs) plug, but my little brother who doesn't ever clean by choice. Can I just preface the story with that? But his girlfriend had a terrible day with work and school and everything. And so while she was gone, he went and cleaned her entire apartment, like deep clean, bedroom, kitchen, living room, bathroom. And so she came home and all this had been done for her. And she just broke down crying. And it was the sweetest thing. And so if you can kind of not just say like, oh, I'm really sorry you're having a bad day. No, go try to serve them in a way that's going to take something off their plate Yeah. after they've already had all this junk happening. You know, those are just some simple things. I mean, what do you think, Bethany? What are some other things that I haven't mentioned? I'm sure there are plenty. (laughs) I think being willing to take care of like a sick boyfriend when you're supposed to be going out on a date. Like, he can't help being sick. Don't pout over that. Like, go take care of him. Um... And we talked last week about love languages and that those don't have to necessarily line up. That's not a an expectation you both have to have that's the same of a relationship. But it's a very selfless thing to show him love the way he likes to be loved. Even if it's not your natural, like, go-to love language. Like, take the time to really hone in on what means a lot to him and then 
show him that you care in that way, I think is a huge thing. Um, and then throughout all of these, I think we've talked about this plenty, but not keeping up with the number of times you've been selfless is a huge part of being selfless. True selflessness looks for nothing in return. So it should be your joy and your desire to look for more and more ways that you can serve the person that you're with. Those are so good. I think it reminds me of the part of the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13 where it says love keeps no record of wrongs. Well, it doesn't keep records of rights either. Mm. So you can't sit there and keep a tally. Here are all the wonderful things I've done for you. (laughs) So you should now go do wonderful things for me. (laughs) Got seven more to go. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's not how it works. So be showing selflessness and service in a relationship, particularly while you're dating, is going to set you up really well for marriage. Yeah. And just thinking about this whole series we've done We've talked about the different points of dating. We talk about marriage and sanctification and fun and investigation. And then today, selflessness. Those are all tied together in a sense. And so, first of all, if you haven't listened to the whole series, (laughs) go back and go back to the intro that we did, the very first episode of this season where we said, what's the point of dating anyway? But really. (laughs) And listen to everything because it is all tied together. Oh, it totally is. And I mean, we talked about marriage first because it's, it's obviously the most obvious point of dating. Like (laughs) you're dating to see if you want to marry this person and then you get married. Like that's the point. But these other things we've talked about are going to have a huge impact on how, how well that goal of marriage works out for you, how smooth that is. And so the other four things sanctification, fun, investigation, selflessness will help you build a strong, healthy foundation for the marriage that you ultimately want. And so that's why we can't overlook them. Marriage is the the ultimate goal of dating, I guess you could say, but these others are to get you to the most successful marriage that you can have. Well said. It's beautiful. Way to wrap everything up. There we go. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that is the conclusion of our point of dating series thank you so much for listening and if we have provided you any sort of value or help throughout this series or just throughout the podcast in general we would love if you would tell a friend about us we love our listeners we'd love to have more we'd (laughs) love to talk to as many people as we can about these different topics and conversations we do just love talking yes and on that note if you guys want us to come talk to you directly (laughs) Let us know. We would love to, you know, get out there and meet some of you guys. If you have a, an event at your church, ladies night, girls night, small group, you know, we have a, a spot on our website. You can reach out and we would love to come talk to you guys about some of these things that we talk about on here, answer your questions, all of that. We can chat about getting that worked out. So if that's something you'd be interested in, let us know. Yep. You can go to lookingforthemiddle.com slash speaking for more information on that. We will be back on Friday with another Couchcast episode, as we always are. And then next week, on Wednesday, come back for our next episode, where we will be talking about the do's and don'ts of texting someone you're interested in. Oh, boy. So that's going to be a fun conversation that you're not going to want to miss. But until next time, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. Mm